Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League. Sunday 5th of May 2019 Arsenal vs Brighton and Hove Albion Kick-off 4.30pm Contents Head Coach Captain Voice of Arsenal David Danskin Founding Father 1989 30 years Arsenal Women Arsenal Academy On This Day Tales of the Century My Story Community Visitors Brighton and Hove Albion Player feature, Granite Zaka. Match action, Arsenal versus Valencia. My Arsenal. Teams. The head coach, Unai Emery. Info, born on Arabia, Spain, November the 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager, Lorca Deportivo, Almeria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, Paris Saint-Germain. Time to round off the campaign at Emirates Stadium with a crucial win. Unai was speaking to Josh James. Good afternoon. This is our final home game of the season, and we of course want to make sure we finish at Emirates Stadium with a win. If we win today, we will go into our final Premier League match of the season against Burnley, with the possibility to be in the top four. It's not in our hands, but we need to win our matches, and the first is today. It's not easy to win each match, for us and for other teams, but the focus for us is to win against Brighton for different situations. We are going to play the last match at home, and we want the three points. The first objective is to finish in the top four, and three points today will give us the chance. It's a special afternoon for us today as well, because it's the last Arsenal home match for Petra Cech and Aaron Ramsey. I want to pay my respects to Aaron. He had 11 years here with Arsenal, and his career was a big success for the club and for him. Today is a moment where we can thank him for everything, and he deserves it with the Arsenal supporters to do something special for him on the last day. Petra Cech is a big player, and also a big person, and he has had an amazing career. It started in his country, then in France, and now in London, first with Chelsea, then Arsenal. 
when he told us he was going to finish his career back in January, we were surprised at the decision. We thought he could decide on it later in the season. But he's very mature, and after his big career, he said to us he wants to finish with a good moment. Also, he wants to do something with us, with our objectives to be in the top four and to do something important in the Europa League. This last match at Emirates this Sunday, we can say to him, Thanks for everything. I know Petra wants to finish his career with a trophy, as we all do. We were happy after Thursday's semi-final first leg win over Valencia, but our idea and my thoughts now is that it will continue to be very difficult away in the second leg. It's 50-50, and it's a good result at home in the first leg, but the second leg is going to be very difficult, and maybe different. I consider that for two teams the chance is 50-50. I was proud of the players on Thursday, because at 1-0 down, it's not easy to be calm and come back with the result. It's not normal that Valencia concede three goals, especially after starting at 1-0, because they are a very, very good team on the transition. That's the reason I was proud of our work. In the second leg, we need to play there thinking to win, thinking to score, thinking to defend well, and thinking also to take our moments in attack. We can control the ball and possession, but they are going to feel strong with their supporters there. Finally, as this is the last home game of the season, I wanted to thank you all very much for all the support you have shown myself and the staff since we have arrived here. I have been made to feel very welcome at the special club, and the supporters have made a very big contribution to that. Together in our process, we have made some good memories, but for me the task is clear. I want to make more, working in our way to make sure we can be successful in the future. It is clear how important these last games of the season will be for us, and if we are all together and united, I am sure we can make this a positive finish. From Emery Angle Every matchday programme we provide extra insight into the life and times of the head coach. Veteran Brighton defender Bruno and the Gunners head coach spent a significant chunk of their careers together. At the start of season 2006-7, Almeria secured the signing of Bruno from Leida. At the same time, 34-year-old Unai started his stint at Almeria as head coach, following an impressive spell at Lorca Deportivo. The Gunners boss had two seasons there before Valencia came calling, and after a year at the Mestalla, he went back to Almeria to recruit Bruno. The pair enjoyed three seasons together before well and truly parting their ways. Unai was lured to Sevilla and Bruno headed to his current home, the Amex Stadium, Brighton. Captain Info Born Toulay, France, September 10th, 1985 Joined Arsenal from Laurent on July 2nd, 2010. Previous clubs. Gwingamp, Tours, Laurent. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool. A-League, August 15th, 2010. Drew 1-1. First Arsenal goal versus Bolton Wanderers. H-League, September 10th, 2010. 1-4-1.
Arsenal Honours, FA Cup, Winners 2014, 2015, 2017, Community Shield Winner 2014, 2015. Laurent Cossolini. Here we are, our last home game of the season. Welcome to all you to the Emirates for the last time of this season. I don't know how you feel about this campaign, has gone really quickly. I can still remember our first Premier League game back in early August against Manchester City. It's been a really positive season, even if we had some ups and some downs. But we have worked really hard under Unai Emery and gave everything we had to start this new era in the best possible way. There is still plenty to play for this season, with the top four still being our reach in the league and the Europa League, semi-final second leg to come in Valencia next week, and hopefully to the final to follow in Baku. I was really happy with our performance on Thursday against the Spaniards. We had a bit of a nervous start and they scored, but we didn't panic at all. We stayed composed and started playing our game. Laka and Orba took charge and really made the difference. They were too hot to handle. When you have two strikers like them up front, the game is easier. They have scored more than 40 goals in all competitions between them so far, and they made a huge difference. You saw how well they understood each other to our first goal on Thursday. They are friends on the pitch and have developed such a partnership on it too. We rely on them massively for the rest of the season. But when they play like they did on Thursday, not many teams can stop them. Laka's brace was great, and I'm happy for him that you elected him player of the season. He deserves it. But Orba's late goal, our third of the night, could be the difference for it reached the final. Winning this competition is our next objective, but we can only have half-time the semi-final. It'll be a tough game at the Mestella next week. They will have Francis Kikulin back in the atmosphere will be great. So we'll have to be ready for the fight and defend our lead. Our team spirit will have to be spot on. But first, we want to give our all to the Premier League, to try finish third or fourth. Even if we don't have it in our hands anymore, everything is still possible with two games to go and six points to take. All the other teams in the race have struggled of late. So this match against Brighton is very important. We won't take it lightly. We have to bounce back after our three losses in the league. They also need points as they can still go down. We saw in the game that Amex earlier in the season that they were tough to team to play against. We need to stay patient, be vigilant, defensively and efficient offensively. One thing for sure is that we won't be thinking about Valencia. We have switched our focus back onto the league now, and we are fully committed today. We also want to finish our season at home on high. You have given us so much this season, your support has been wonderful, and we hope that you have enjoyed what you have seen at the Emirates. You really have been the twelfth man for us, despite the ups, downs this season. The wins against Tottenham and Chelsea are right up there for me this season. But we'll all have our own memories from this campaign. So on behalf of all the squad and the staff, I would like to thank you again for the incredible support. We can't wait to be back next season. Unfortunately, two of us won't be there. We will soon say goodbye to Peter and Aaron. Peter is retiring at an incredible career, where he won many trophies, beat many records... We want to offer him to the Europa League trophy as a thank you and a goodbye. He is such a great man, as well as a great player. We will miss him massively, and we'll miss Aaron too. After 11 years here, I'm sad to see him go. But like Peter, we wish him all the best in his new adventure. Aaron arrived here as a child, and will leave as a man. A father of three who has had a wonderful servant to the club, always giving his all and winning trophies. Let's make sure Peter and Aaron, and everyone else at the club... We finish this season the best way possible, with the European trophy and our top four finish. We wish you all a great summer and we'll see you next season. First though, let's win today. Come on Arsenal.
Voice of Arsenal. Thank you. The Arsenal directors, players, coaching team and staff would like to thank all supporters for their tremendous support this season. In Unai Emery's first campaign, the backing he's received from the Gunners' faithful has been magnificent. As is tradition, the players will take to the pitch after the final whistle today on a lap of appreciation. Please stay behind after the game to show your support. We will also be saying some fond farewells to key club figures and will be paying tribute to the triumphant Arsenal women and Arsenal under-18 teams who have won their respective leagues. Thank you for your support. Hashtag together. Arrivederci Aaron. Petters checking out. After 11 seasons, 369 appearances, 64 goals, 62 assists and two FA Cup winning goals, Aaron Ramsey bids farewell to Emirates Stadium this afternoon. A model professional in every sense of the word, Aaron has left an indelible mark on Arsenal Football Club, both on and off the pitch, since arriving from hometown club Cardiff City in 2008. Having fought back from a double fracture of his right leg, suffered against Stoke City in February 2010, Aaron has gone on to become one of the world's foremost midfielders, winning our Player of the Season award in 2013-14 and 2017-18. Aaron has provided plenty of unforgettable moments in an Arsenal shirt. We'll always remember that FA Cup winning final goal against Hull City in 2014, securing us our first trophy in nine years, as well as the late header that saw us beat Chelsea in the 2017 final. There have been an array of stunning goals too. Who can forget the wonder strike at Galatasaray in December 2014, or the 30-yarder against Liverpool a year earlier? And what about the volleyed back heel against CSKA Moscow last season? In total, Aaron has won three FA Cups with us, as well as two Community Shields. Aaron is leaving us to join Juventus, and we wish him all the very best for the future. Thank you so much for everything, and we look forward to having you back at the Emirates in the future, Aaron. Also waving goodbye to the Emirates today is Petr Cech. The Premier League's most successful ever goalkeeper, Petr is retiring at the end of the season, after a glittering and trophy-laden career. He has been a fantastic ambassador for Arsenal, Chelsea and the Czech Republic, and will always hold a special place in the affections of football fans around the world. Since arriving at Arsenal in the summer of 2015, Petter has made 137 appearances and kept 54 clean sheets, one of only 12 goalkeepers in our history to reach a half-century of shutouts. In total, Petter has kept more Premier League clean sheets, 202, than any other goalkeeper since the inception of the Premier League, 33 more than second-place David James. He won the Golden Glove in his first season with us, the fourth and final time he scooped the honour during his 15 years in the Premier League. 
also his country's most capped player of all time, Petr retires having won four Premier League titles, five FA Cups, three League Cups, four Community Shields in England, as well as the 2012 Champions League. Petr also lifted the Europa League in 2013, and he is hoping that he'll finish his career with that same trophy in his hands later this month. We would, for one final time, again like to thank both Aaron and Petter for the colossal contribution they have made to our club, both on the pitch, in the dressing room and through our community projects. Congratulations, Lacquer. Well done to Alexandre Lacazette, who you have voted our 2018-19 Player of the Season. Laka has enjoyed a stellar campaign, scoring 18 goals and adding a further 14 assists. A firm fan's favourite, our number nine has particularly excelled against the top six this term, scoring against Liverpool, Tottenham and Chelsea, while also providing four assists against Manchester United. Lacazette received 35% of the votes to finish top, ahead of Bernd Lino, 19%, and Lucas Torreira, 18%, both of whom have enjoyed fine first seasons in North London. Peter Gosnell's 80 Years Everyone at Arsenal Football Club would like to draw supporters' attention to a very special milestone being celebrated by one of our visually impaired supporters, Peter Gosnell. On May the 6th, it will be 80 years since he attended his first home game, a match against Brentford that went on to be used in the film The Arsenal Stadium Mystery. A season ticket holder for many, many years, Peter was registered blind in 1949 and joined a group of visually impaired supporters who received a commentary in the 1960s, sitting in the Lower East Stand and later in the North Bank Stand, a service Peter has appreciated enormously over the years. His association with the club has given him great pleasure over the years and he is proud to have been interviewed and filmed for Arsenal Player in 2011, supporting the club in its Kick It Out campaign and also to have represented disabled supporters at the Fans Forum for two seasons. Peter even employed his artistic skills to contribute to the collage for Arsenal Station in the last season at Highbury, which is now displayed inside the Emirates, and an account of his pre-war memory of seeing Ted Drake can be read outside the stadium near entrance S. A contributor to the final programme at Highbury and the FA Cup Fans Choir in 2015 with his grandson Edwin, Peter has experienced so much through his Arsenal support over the decades, and, now in a wheelchair, he remains a regular at Emirates to this day. Thanks for your unwavering support, Peter. We're proud to have you as a fan. Get well soon, John. Everyone at Arsenal would like to wish John Williamson a speedy recovery after a recent illness. As many fans will know, John is one of our most loyal supporters, rarely missing a match at first team or academy level at home or abroad. Also a member of the Supporters Forum, John has travelled the world watching Arsenal and we hope to see him back at the Emirates soon. Under 18 Presentation 
Congratulations to the Arsenal Under-18s, who won the Under-18 Premier League South title, which will be presented to the team on the pitch at half-time. Please show your appreciation for this excellent achievement. Arsenal women join the lap of appreciation. Arsenal women secured their first league title in seven years last weekend, thanks to a 4-0 win at Brighton & Hove Albion. The new WSL champions are at Emirates Stadium this afternoon, so make sure you stay in your seats at the end of the game to congratulate Joe Montemurro's team on their fantastic achievement. Arsenal remembers. After the final whistle today, there will be a moment to remember Arsenal supporters who have died over the course of the season. The Arsenal cannon, featured in the hard copy of this programme, will appear on the big screens. The canon has been created using the names of those who have sadly passed away. Please spare a thought for the friends and families of those fans no longer with us. Rest in peace. Programme Seller of the Year Our matchday sellers are naturally a key part of the programme team. With this being our last edition of 2018-19, we've picked our top three sellers of the year. Many congratulations to Ahmed, Ioana and Molly, and thanks very much to all of you who have worked on distributing the programme this year. 2018-2019 Programme Seller of the Year Ahmed Bashir Moalim Runner-up Ioana Gakertso Third place, Molly Halloran. Matchball Sponsor Our final Matchball Sponsors of the season have sent in the following message. Harrison has been looking forward to today for a long time. He's here with his friend James, his mum and Nan, and all are hoping for a good result. Come on, Arsenal. We hope you enjoy your day. Our Retro Programmes it's the last of our 19 retro programme covers today. Everyone at the programme team would like to thank the many supporters who have been in touch to tell us how much they've enjoyed seeing all of the old designs, which hold so many happy memories for people. Check for a special World Cup of Covers competition taking place over the summer, when we will be finding out exactly which of the old styles is the fans' favourite. We are also looking at the viability of producing a special publication, commemorating what's been such a popular series this season. Premier League Stats Total Shots Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 61 Alexandre Lacazette, 59 Henrik Mkhitaryan, 28 Alex Iwobi, 24 Aaron Ramsey, 22 Chances created. Masut Azil, 42. Granit Xhaka, 37. Alex Iwobi, 34. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 32. Sead Kolasinac, 31. Total passes. Granit Xhaka, 2,155. Shkodron Mustafi, 1,628. Lucas Torreira, 1,539. Matteo Guendouzi, 1,509. Socrates, 1,323. 
Total Crosses, Granit Xhaka, 114. Henrik Mikitarian, 54. Sayed Kolasinak, 49. Alex Iwobi, 44. Hector Bellerin, 39. Total Clearances, Shkodran Mustafi, 149. Socrates, 107. Laurent Kozilny, 63. Granit Xhaka, 53. Nacho Monreal, 47. Women Host Football Festival Last month, the Arsenal Women Football Development Programmes hosted more than 1,000 girls in a combination of festivals, fixtures and training sessions. On Monday, April the 15th, 17 of our sister clubs brought teams and over 300 girls to take part in our 7v7 Sister Club Festival. Later in the week, we hosted our Player Development Programme Festival. The PDP is part of the Arsenal Women Development Pathway and provides weekly football coaching and match opportunities to more than 280 girls. The festival hosted 48 teams and more than 550 girls from the under-10 through to under-16 age groups. Across the final stages of the week, training sessions and fixtures for a number of teams, including AFC Bournemouth, East Pennsylvania State and Maryland State were hosted. We took the opportunity ahead of some of the fixtures to spend time with our players to set team, unit and individual challenges, with the aim of ensuring the focus was on development and learning rather than winning. It was a very successful week, highlighting the positive and impactful work that Arsenal women do – also inspiring and developing the next generation of female footballers and members of our community. 100 Up Socrates' late header in our recent match at Wolverhampton Wanderers was our 100th goal of the season. Of the first 100, 69 were scored in the Premier League, 22 in the Europa League, 5 in the Carabao Cup and 4 in the Emirates FA Cup. AMN out. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is unavailable today, serving a one-match suspension after being sent off for two bookable offences against Leicester City last weekend. Thank you. As today is our final home match of the season, we wanted to thank all of you who have made a donation when sending an entry into our notice board page for your generosity. You have raised a total of £2,746 for the Arsenal Foundation, which will directly help us to reach and inspire thousands of young people in North London and around the world. Ref Watch Anthony Taylor This afternoon's referee is Anthony Taylor from Withenshaw. The 40-year-old is taking charge of his seventh game involving us this season. Mr Taylor refereed five of our matches in 2015-16, to three in 2016-17, to four last season and two so far this campaign. And here's our full recent record under him. 2015-16, to Arsenal 1, Chelsea 0, Community Shield, 1 yellow card. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 0, Premier League. One yellow card. Arsenal 1, Newcastle United 0, Premier League. Two yellow cards. Arsenal 4, Watford 0, Premier League. 
one yellow card. Manchester City 2, Arsenal 2, Premier League, one yellow card. 2016-17, Arsenal 5, Lincoln 0, FA Cup quarter-final, two yellow cards. Middlesbrough 1, Arsenal 2, Premier League, two yellow cards. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1, FA Cup final, four yellow cards. 2017-18, Arsenal 3, Bournemouth 0, Premier League. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 2, Premier League, three yellow cards. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Arsenal 0, Premier League, one yellow card. Newcastle United 2, Arsenal 1, Premier League. 2018-19, Cardiff City 2, Arsenal 3, Premier League, four yellow cards. Arsenal 2, Watford 0, Premier League, two yellow cards. Brighton & Hove Albion 1, Arsenal 1, Premier League, one yellow card. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 0, Premier League. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Arsenal 1, Premier League, two yellow cards, one red card. Arsenal 2, Newcastle United 0, Premier League, one yellow card. Played 18, 1, 12, drew 4, lost 2, F 37, A 13, 29 yellow cards, 1 red card. On this day, 1996, a late Bergkamp goal against Bolton secures UEFA Cup place. 1999, Canu scores a classic in a 3-1 win over Tottenham at White Hart Lane. Coming up, Thursday, we take on Valencia in the second leg of our Europa League semi-final. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Bagot. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma have given away Arsenal shoulder bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Who scored our goals in last season's home win over Brighton? Email your answer with full name and address to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at AFC Programme. Entries by Friday, May the 10th. David Danskin, honouring our founding father. On Monday, David Danskin, the man who provided the inspiration for the formation of our great club in 1886, was honoured at a special graveyard ceremony attended by his family and Arsenal supporters and officials. Four generations of the Danskin family, some of whom travelled from Australia and Canada, 
were joined by senior officials from Arsenal and members of the Arsenal Scotland Supporters Club to formally unveil a new gravestone for the recognised founder of the club. Danskin's grandson, Richard, who now lives in Canada, said, Today sees the culmination of almost 20 years' work to research, validate and recognise the determination, dedication and vision of David Danskin. Little did he know that his love of the game and those early football games with his workmates at the Royal Arsenal Ordnance Complex in Woolwich would eventually result in what we know today as Arsenal. Thanks to the efforts of his grandchildren, local historians, Burnt Island Heritage Trust, Arsenal Scotland Supporters Club and Arsenal Football Club, we can all be proud of what we have achieved. The memorial that has been unveiled is a fitting tribute to David Danskin, his family and the legacy that he leaves for us all to enjoy. Danskin, who had previously played football in his native Scotland, formed Dial Square FC when he gathered together a group of 15 munitions workers at the Royal Arsenal in Woolwich to form Dial Square FC. Each player donated a sixpence each to fund the club. Danskin captained the team in our first match on December the 11th against Eastern Wanderers FC and was a driving force until injury forced him to stop playing in 1890. After leaving the Royal Arsenal factory, Danskin became self-employed and started his own bicycle business in Plumstead, London. He later moved to Coventry, working at the Standard Motor Company until his retirement due to ill health. He remained involved in local football in Coventry and was chairman of Stoke Albion's FC. Mike Buchanan, chairman of Arsenal Scotland Supporters Club, said, Our fellow Scotsman, David Danskin, had the vision to create our football club all those years ago from a sense of bringing people together around their common passion for football. We're delighted to have played a part in formally restoring and recognising his grave. Arsenal funded the restoration of the grave and managing director Vinay Venkatesham, who led the club delegation along with former captain and coach Pat Rice, said Arsenal was born out of a sense of community and that is something we hold true today as much as ever. The millions of Arsenal fans around the world will always be indebted to David Danskin's vision to create a football club. We're pleased that at last his final resting place has been properly recognised. This concludes Founding Father. Thirty years. On Thursday, May the 23rd, Emirates Stadium hosts a special event marking 30 years since one of the club's greatest achievements, Anfield 89. We caught up with Lee Dixon, who's been instrumental in organising what sounds like a fantastic night, with all the money generated going to a group of very worthwhile charities. Tell us how the event came about, Lee. My wife has a company that has hosted a number of events for community-based charities. I've persuaded a few of the lads to take part in Q&As in the past to raise money for these good causes. At the start of the year, a few of us were thinking about the anniversary for 89, and it seemed obvious to try and get a night together, raise some money for charity, and have a good laugh. Now, in collaboration with the club, we've managed to get the event together, and everyone's really looking forward to it. What's the plan for the night? 
Many fans will have seen the 89 documentary that came out in late 2017, and we are going to use some of the clips from that during the course of the night so the evening builds to a kind of crescendo with the longest clip, the climax to the match, towards the end of the dinner. And there's loads more stuff going on. We'll get some of the lads on stage for a Q&A. We have, we have Tall Paul DJing. Everyone will get a special edition copy of the DVD as well as a reproduction of the matchday programme from that night at Anfield and there will be an auction with some stunning lots. What we really want is for the night to be lively. I've sat through too many slow-paced sporting dinner events. This is going to be different. Tell us a bit more about the auction. There will be a silent auction with dozens of lots, many linked to Arsenal and 1989, but there will be other stuff too, such as a golf bag signed by Tiger Woods. The main auction will have some amazing lots. I've been working with two of the photographers who were there on the night, and we are blowing up some of the best images taken that night, some of which people won't have seen before, and getting those signed by the players. Arsenweger and myself will take a group of people out to dinner, courtesy of Coots. Me and Tony Adams are going to host a training session for a group up at the Arsenal Training Centre, where they will be shown around too. There's even a lot which offers a fan the chance to be part of the 89 documentary. We'll professionally film their discussion about the game and slot it in for a uniquely personalised version of the doc. Which members of the squad are likely to be there? You can never say, everyone is definitely coming, but let's just say there are only a couple of the lads who haven't yet been able to guarantee getting to the event as we speak, and I'm working on them. Plus, George, Pat and Stuart Houston are coming from the management, and Wrighty will be there too. He represented Rocky so brilliantly in the documentary. I think it's important he's with us, as Rocky is always with us in spirit. How often do you think about that seasonally? The documentary was a year in the making, so it feels like I've been focused on 89 for a couple of years now. But... To be honest, it's never far from my mind or the rest of the lads. You can guarantee that any fan of a certain age will want to talk about that night if they bump into you. And I think it's great that so many Arsenal fans who weren't even born in 89 have now watched the documentary or seen the match on YouTube and places like that, and I know and love the story of the season. I was sent some of the clips we are using on the night the other day and found myself going on my laptop and watching the whole dock again. There are echoes of the current season. It looks like Man City and Liverpool could both win the title on the last day of the season. It's the best championship race we've seen in a long while and I don't think we've ever seen two teams this good. Back in 89... We were very much the underdogs. You couldn't really compare us with Liverpool. It's a bit scary watching the top two this season as you realise there's some distance for Arsenal to catch up. Personally, I'm a boyhood Man City fan, but because of 89 and the way the cop stayed behind and applauded us that night, I can't help but have affection for Liverpool. And lastly, Arsenal. What have you made of the first season under Unai Emery? 
I think if fans had been offered a semi-final in the Europa League and being in the shake-up for fourth, they wouldn't have taken it, but it's been a tough season for supporters with a number of false dawns, notably the great run at the start of the season, the good results against the other big six teams and the recent spell when it looked like we were well-placed for third. But then there have been some tough spells which underline how much work Unai Emery is going to have to do in the next couple of transfer windows. But what I hear from the training ground in terms of focus and commitment is encouraging. It's just going to take time. The fans are going to have to be patient. The event. Date, Thursday, May the 23rd. Time, Champagne Reception, 7pm. Venue, Woolwich Lounge, Emirates Stadium. Dress, Lounge suit or cocktail dress. Tables of 10 guests. £2,300 plus VAT, silver table. £2,950 plus VAT, gold table. £3,950 plus VAT, platinum table. Individual tickets are also available on request. Tickets available from Clare on 07894 or email... Claire at OurLegend.com They're up for grabs now. The charities being supported. The Willow Foundation, close to Arsenal Hearts, Bob Wilson's charity in the name of his daughter Anna, provides special days for seriously ill young adults. Sporting Chance Clinic, supporting individuals and organisations across sport to address mental health, emotional welfare and addictive disorders. Wild at Heart Foundation, funding animal welfare projects all over the world. York Dance Project, delivering inspiring educational work to young people in schools and communities in underprivileged areas. Solving Kids Cancer, raising money for four-year-old Seraph suffering from high-risk neuroblastoma. Arsenal Women. The latest news from the Champions of England. It's carnival time. Next Sunday will be one of the great celebrations in Arsenal Women's illustrious history as the club received the Women's Super League trophy at our final match of the season against Manchester City. Unfortunately, all those who haven't got their ticket yet for the match at Boreham Wood will be left disappointed, as the game is long since sold out. However, make sure you follow the celebrations, and of course the match, live on BT Sport. On the pitch today. And if you aren't going to Boreham Wood, you can show your appreciation for the team today. Joe Montemuro's team will take to the pitch today with the WSL Trophy. Trio in the Team of the Year As reported in the Valencia programme, Viviane Midemo was voted the PFA Player of the Year, receiving her award alongside compatriot Virgil van Dijk, who won the men's version. Not surprisingly, Viv was also named in the PFA Team of the Year, where she was joined by two of her title-winning stars, midfielder Leah Walty, who was so instrumental in the Gunners' sensational start to the season, and joining her in midfield, the living legend that is skipper Kim Little. The full team reads 
Sophie Bagley, Bristol City, Hannah Blundell, Chelsea, Eva Mannion, Birmingham, Steph Houghton, Man City, Demi Stokes, Man City, Ji So Yun, Chelsea, Kim Little, Arsenal, Leah Walty, Arsenal, Erin Cuthbert, Chelsea, Nikita Paris, Man City, Vivian Midema, Arsenal. Stats the way to do it. Our amazing season has thrown up some remarkable stats. Here's a selection of the best. 7. This is our first Women's Super League title in seven years and the third time we've won the competition since its rebrand in 2011. 17. We have won 17 out of 19 games this season and were the only team to not draw a single game. Our two defeats came against Man City and Chelsea. 15. We have scored three or more goals in 15 of our 19 Women's Super League games this season. We also kept a clean sheet in 10 of those 15 matches. 22. Viviane Midema scored 22 Women's Super League goals, setting up another 10. This remarkable tally included a hat-trick and two assists in September's 5-0 win over Liverpool. 7. We have scored seven goals in the opening ten minutes of Women's Super League matches this season, compared to 12 in the last ten minutes. 13. All 13 of Beth Mead's assists have come in the Women's Super League this season. This includes a hat-trick of assists in January's 4-2 win over West Ham United. 4. We have scored four Women's Super League hat-tricks this season. Midema v Liverpool, Reading and Bristol and van der Donk v West Ham United. 28. Nobody has played more games in all competitions than Katie McCabe this season. 25 starts, 3 substitute appearances. Vivian Midema is next, with 27 in total. 10. We were represented by 10 different nations in the WSL. Austria, Denmark... England, France, Germany, Netherlands, Republic of Ireland, Scotland, Sweden and Switzerland. 100. Emma Mitchell and Leah Williamson both made their 100th appearance for the club this season, while Katie McCabe, Beth Mead, Louise Quinn and Lisa Evans all made their 50th. Stars of the Future Arsenal Academy In every programme, we take an in-depth look at the Arsenal youth teams, profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports. Young Gun, Toby Amoli Title Chance Under-18 set for national final Called up, Three Young Lions Remember, Tom Dallison Arsenal Academy Toby Amoli, Young Gun Born, London, December seventeenth, 1999 Position, centre-back, defensive midfield This season has been really, really good for me. 
I feel I've learnt so much. I've mainly played as a holding midfielder or in the centre of defence. Freddie Lundberg became our coach at the start of the season and he changed things around a lot. He introduced new patterns of play, an emphasis on winning the ball back early, a high-press and counter-pressing game when we don't have the ball and quick passing and movement from the back when we do have it. I really enjoy the new challenges and energy Freddie and his coaches put in. In midfield, we tend to play with one player in front of the back four and two further up the pitch. I play as the one in front of the centre-backs, and although it would be easy to think it makes the role more demanding because you are on your own there, it doesn't. Because there are two in front, we tend to win the ball back higher up the pitch and challenges are made in front of me and the opposition have no time to settle. As a unit, we have benefited tremendously from the coaching and although we won the league last year but finished second to Everton this season, I would say that we are a much better team. We have improved a lot individually and as a team particularly in our understanding of tactics and thinking during games, which makes us more efficient. We were involved in a lot of competitions this year, the Checker Trade Trophy in particular, and at times it may have affected our form in the league, but I really believe we pulled it together and became stronger and stronger as the season progressed. We did really well to finish as runners-up. I firmly believe that if this year's under-23 side played last year's, this year's team will win, even though we were champions last season. Although we played our last game on April the 26th, we continue to train and work to improve. If the first team get to the Europa League final, then many of us will not be released until the date of the final. Some will be released on May the 11th, but in truth we all want to continue working. We all want to be involved. Per Mertesacker also gets involved in our training sessions every so often. He shows a concern to improve us as players and people. It doesn't matter that he was a defender. He tries to help players in any position with ideas and his experience. We are a very tight group in the under-23s and it's a real joy to be involved. I'm already looking forward to continuing my development next season. If a loan deal that's right for me and the club comes along, then we will consider it. But at the moment, my focus is the under-23s and possible involvement with the first team. When we are released for the summer break, I'm sure that we will all continue to meet up. I have no plans for a holiday yet, but will probably make plans when we have firm dates. The first few weeks of the break will be for rest and recovery. We all are given a programme by the fitness coaches that will help us keep ticking over, which will help us get the best start to pre-season. Today's game against Brighton is vitally important. We need to get back into the Champions League. I think that the sending off against Leicester played a big role, but today we need all the points. Brighton will be looking for that too, but whether they need a win or a draw, they will play the same in my view. They will look to keep it tight and hit us on the counter and make the most of set pieces. I believe that if we start quickly, the points are there for the taking. Q&A First football memory 
playing my first game with hilly fielders. Who got you into playing football? My brother. Which team did you support as a child? Manchester United. Who are your best friends in football? Emil Smith Rowe and Robbie Burton. Biggest influence on career? My family. Who's the best player in the world right now? Lionel Messi. Another sport you are good at? Tennis and basketball. Your favourite training drill? Possession. Your career highlight so far? Signing my pro contract. Song to sing to save your life. Man in the mirror. Best goal of all time. Gareth Bale v Liverpool. Teammates. Who's got the best ball skills? Bukayo Saka. Who is the funniest? Follerin Balogun. Who's got the best touch? Tyrese John Jules. Who would you trust most with a penalty? Myself. Who is the most confident? Reese Nelson. Who is captain material? Xavier Amaeki. Who has the best passing range? Robbie Burton. Who is the most committed? Harry Clark. Who is the best singer? Zek Medley. Info. The best trophy to win in football is World Cup. My favourite musician is Abugi with the hoodie. Fave social media, Snapchat. My most talked to person on WhatsApp is my mother. Favourite TV series, Gossip Girl. Ideal holiday destination is Paris. Favourite film, Scarface. On my days off, I usually watch movies. My ideal cheat meal is pasta at TGI's. The player I look up to most is Alex Iwobi. Best thing about playing for Arsenal? Winning. Arsenal Under-18s Premier League Final Preview Our Under-18s are set to face Derby County in the Under-18 Premier League National Final after winning the Southern Division last week. At the time of going to print, Liverpool trail Derby by three points and still have one league fixture remaining in the North Division, but they need to make up a highly unlikely 10-goal goal difference deficit to finish at the top of the table. Meanwhile, Ken Gillard's side secured the title on the final day of the season with a hard-fought 3-0 win over Fulham, courtesy of three quick-fire strikes in the final 15 minutes. Vontae Daly-Campbell broke the deadlock in the 78th minute with his first goal of the season, before following Balogun and Trey Coyle furthered our advantage, removing the possibility of any late drama. The Rams won 16 of their 22 league outings this season, amassing an impressive points tally of 51. But this doesn't compare to our youngsters, who managed to hit 60 points after winning 20 of their 22 fixtures. Stay close to Arsenal.com for further details. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Crowley to play in KNVB Cup Final. Daniel Crowley is set to face Ajax in the final of the KNVB Becker Cup this afternoon. The former Arsenal Academy star played a vital role in William II's route to the final, playing the entirety of their semi-final victory over AZ Alkmaar. Since leaving North London in July 2017, the 21-year-old has made 53 appearances for the Tricolour, scoring six goals and assisting 13. Crowley will be hoping to guide the Dutch outfit to their first major honour since 1963 a full 34 years before Crowley was even born. Best of luck, Dan. Invincible Akpom Tuba Akpom has the opportunity to become an invincible today when PAOK FC face Janina in their final game of the Super League Greece season. The Arsenal Academy graduate has scored five goals and recorded three assists in 19 league appearances this season, with his most important arriving in their 3-1 win over Olympiakos back in February. They wrapped up the league title with a 5-0 win over Levadiakos two weeks ago, and this is made even more impressive by the fact that they started the season with a points dedication after the club's president walked onto the pitch with a gun. A win this afternoon will see PAOK become the first side to win the title without losing a match in Greece since 1963-64. Three young lions called up. Miguel Aziz, Sam Greenwood and Eunice Musa have been named in the England squad for the 2019 UEFA European Under-17 Championship Finals. 
The Young Lions are set to play France on Friday, May the 3rd, 7pm, and Netherlands on Monday, May the 6th, 3pm, before facing Sweden on Thursday, May the 9th, 4.30pm. The trio have impressed for our under-18s this season, winning our first under-18 league title since 2010. 16-year-olds Aziz and Musa have played bit-part roles, stepping up whenever called upon, while 17-year-old Greenwood has played 21 fixtures, scoring 10 and assisting 5. Make us proud, boys! The Academy alumni Tom Dallison Tracking down former Academy players making their mark elsewhere in football. Former Arsenal scholar Tom Dallison has kicked on with his Football League career this season, cementing his place as a regular for League Two outfit Crawley Town. The committed defender made the switch to North London in 2012 as a 16-year-old, after spending the majority of his youth career with West Ham United. He played a full season as a scholar and delivered some assured performances, but it wasn't enough to earn him his first professional contract, and this brought about a move to Brighton & Hove Albion on a two-year contract. He then went on to spend time on loan with Dartford and Braintree Town in the Conference Premier and National League, respectively, before making his professional debut in February 2016 during a loan spell with Crawley Town. This was followed by a successful permanent move to Falkirk in the Scottish Championship, prompting former club Crawley Town to come calling in January 2019. Since then, he started each of their last 18 league fixtures, helping the Reds to steer seven points clear of the relegation zone. Keep it up, Tom! One hundred years in the top flight. On this day, Carnu Magic lights up Derby win. Tottenham 1, Arsenal 3, Premiership, May 5th, 1999. The title race in 1998-99 was neck and neck going into the home straight. We had three games left and were one point ahead of Manchester United, but they had a game in hand. The evening of May the 5th, 1999, was seen as a pivotal match day. While we faced our North London rivals at White Hart Lane, United were away to Liverpool. Despite consistently finishing above Tottenham in recent seasons, we had won only one of the last ten meetings, but we blew them away at the lane. Emmanuel Petit gave us a deserved lead, lifting the ball home over Ian Walker after being released by the inspirational Dennis Bergkamp. The Dutchman set up our second just after the half-hour, passing to Nicholas Anelka to race away and tuck home. Anelka was then denied by Walker on a breakaway, before hitting the bar. Darren Anderson pulled the host backs into it just before half-time from a free kick. The news from Anfield at half-time wasn't great. United led 1-0. We had a job to do against George Graham's Spurs, though, and wrapped up the points in fine style late on. Carnu, back to goal on the edge of the area, controlled well, then flicked the ball up and over the bemused Luke Young before smashing home. The celebrating Arsenal fans were cheered even more by news of Paul Ince's late equaliser for Liverpool against his former team. The Gunners now had two games left, 
both against fellow top five sides in Leeds United and Aston Villa, but knew that six points would be enough for us to retain the title and end United's treble bid. It didn't work out as planned, though. Six days after this win, we took on David O'Leary's Leeds at Ellen Road, but fell to a late Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank strike. Twenty-four hours later, United dropped two points against Blackburn, but we were still relying on United's opponents on the final day taking points. The visitors to Old Trafford, Tottenham, who went down 2-1, therefore rendering our win over Villa at Highbury academic. This concludes on this day. Defining Seasons, Tales of the Century 100 consecutive years in the top flight 1980s Digging the new breed Arsenal historian John Sperling concludes his series selecting 19 defining seasons and events from the Gunners' 100 years at the top. There may not have been much to cheer for Arsenal fans in the early 1980s, but those who followed the fortunes of the South East Counties and football combination sides closely saw plenty of grounds for optimism. One by one, young Arsenal starlets were blooded in the first team before George Graham later moulded them into a formidable unit after he became new Arsenal boss in the summer of 1986. Tony Adams, a raw, scraggy and gangling six-footer, took his first team bow against Sunderland in 1983, and teenagers Martin Keown, Martin Hayes, David Rowcastle, Gus Caesar and Niall Quinn all appeared throughout the tricky 1985-86 campaign, which proved to be manager Don Howe's last at the club. The matches themselves may have been largely forgettable, apart from Niall Quinn's debut against Liverpool where he scored in a 2-0 victory, but that was hardly the point. The next generation had already begun to make their mark. Paul Davis, now established in the first team, having himself made the transition from the reserves, recalls, John Cartwright only worked at Arsenal as first-team coach for a year but he worked with individuals, especially David Rowcastle and Mickey Thomas. There was a culture of homegrown players in the Arsenal team throughout the club's history, and with me, Graham Ricks, Stuart Robson and David O'Leary already established, it seemed a natural progression for more youngsters to join us. George Graham suggested that, with finances tight, his aim was to give his new breed of gunner every chance to establish themselves. I want ambitious young men in their first team, he explained, and I fully expect Arsenal to be challenging for top honours sooner rather than later. After a mixed start to the 1986-87 season, Graham's preferred Arsenal side took to the field at Everton in early October. Lukic, Sansom, Anderson, Adams, O'Leary, Davis, Williams, Rowcastle, Quinn, Groves, Hayes. The total cost of the team was around the £1.7 million mark. Sansom alone cost £1 million, and Graham's only signing thus far, Perry Groves, had cost just £75,000. The Graham effect was immediate. Forward Martin Hayes recalled, What George did was slowly shift the balance so that the youngsters ruled the roost. That's how he wanted the club to go. He gave us youngsters the confidence to play without fear and allowed Perry, Rocky and me off the leash. 
As a kid, you just wait for the next game. George took the pressure off us. We just got on with it. The transformation in Arsenal's fortune was a revelation. Some of the team's displays were breathtaking as they embarked on a 17-match unbeaten league run. David Rowcastle's display in the 3-1 home win against Chelsea was exquisite, and Martin Hayes and Perry Graves caused Blues central defender Doug Rugby no end of problems. The 3-0 victory against Manchester City was due in no small part to the pace of Hayes and Groves as well. All the time, the Highbury crowd slowly increased, and the encounters with West Ham, Chelsea and QPR were watched by 30,000-plus crowds. By the time Arsenal trounced Aston Villa 4-0 away from home amidst a tornado of attacking wing play, the tabloids suggested that Graham's boys might even be title contenders. But the Scot dampened expectations. The Arsenal manager concluded, I've never said we'd win the league this year. I've always said that I'd build my own squad, and we'll see how things pan out. The Gunners' defence was proving highly adept at soaking up punishment for long spells, and then hitting back on the break at lightning speed. The Scot was unforgiving in his expectations of his defence. After a 3-1 win against QPR, Graham lambasted the defence for nigh on an hour after they conceded a late goal. General George has marched the gunners to the top of the hill, claimed Ken Montgomery in the Sunday Mirror after a win against Southampton in December, which kept them top of the table. As Graham predicted, His young team ran out of steam in the league in the new year. The Groves, Hayes and Quinn forward line began to lose shape and creativity and the return to the team of Charlie Nicholas couldn't stop the slide in form. Admitted Perry Groves, I think defences began to find us out and the weekly grind of league matches started to take its toll. It was a phenomenally young team and we were due a reality check. Symbolically, the final hurrah in the league came at White Hart Lane in January, where goals from Adams and Davis put Arsenal five points clear in the title race. The lead quickly evaporated, with Everton winning the league title, but within a short few months of George Graham taking over at Highbury, his young chargers had served notice of their huge potential, and Arsenal were poised to become a force to be reckoned with once more. The five photographs in the hard copy have the following captions, top to bottom. Mickey Thomas, one of the new breed, takes on Tottenham's Paul Allen in 1987. 20-year-old Tony Adams tussles with Clive Allen. Arsenal Youth Team 1983-84 circled Martin Hayes, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, Gus Caesar, Mickey Thomas and David Rowcastle. Young Niall Quinn battles Chelsea's Joe McLaughlin. Paul Davis holds off QPR's Moss holds off QPR. The Arsenal Foundation. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives and great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund a new garden at nearby Gillsby Primary School. Jacquie Barrett from Friends and Gillsby tells us all about it. 
My story. I'm from Leeds and moved to Islington via Clapman six years ago. Just before the birth of my first child, I used to work at the BBC and now run a creative agency, Salient Future, making content to explain complex data, particularly for financial technology world. Basically, I've always loved being involved with making content, from 30-second animations to BBC One blockbusters. My daughter attends Gillsby, and I have another to start in September. I figured I'm going to be part of that community for at least a decade, so I wanted to help and maintain the high level of energy, teamwork and creativity at Friends of Gillsby. It's a fantastic team of parents, most of whom have demanding jobs, but we're all mucking wherever the help is needed. I mainly focus on grant applications, looking for funding opportunities relevant to our needs. The money we raise is used on various projects from the school outings to much-needed renovations and improvements. In March, we received a wonderful batch of saplings from the Woodland Trust as part of the Trees for School campaigns. The school established a pupil green team to oversee their care, and the children had an assembly before the big day. It was bitterly cold, but for around 30 families had a great time planting the trees. There was a wonderful community atmosphere, and even the passers-by stopped to ask what we were doing. The funding paid for a watering system to ensure these baby trees keep hydrated. It's very water-efficient system that goes from tap to container to container. It's on a timer, so we'll water the hungry saplings during the holidays. We will also brought several tons of soil, planters and containers, root treatment and gardening equipment, and the next chapter will be planting jasmine and honeysuckle to complete the green wall. The children dug the holes, sprinkled the fungi treatment, and then planted their trees, making sure the sapling matched the label in the soil. There was so much to learn and do, the children were totally focused and didn't know how cold it was. We're so proud of them, and Mark, the headmaster, gave them all a Woodland Trust certificate in assembly, saying I planted a tree at the school today. The whole experience opened up a lot of conversations with the children, about many aspects about science, biology, symbiotic relationships, the environment, air pollution, and of course the legacy of the trees. With the whole community, we'll be able to observe growing for many, many years. The garden is going to make a huge difference, and there will be science and nature classes held out there now. So with the Arsenal's help, we're bringing the classroom outside. Thirty-four years in the community. Community. Using the power of Arsenal to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Grassroots Football Day 2019. Our second annual Grassroots Football Day event took place at the Arsenal Hub on Saturday, March 23rd. Now in its second year, the event aims to bring local clubs together to celebrate the game at grassroots level whilst also providing educational opportunities to young players, their parents and coaches. This year's theme was Respect and throughout the day we were supporting the Football Association's latest Respect campaign, We Only Do Positive. We Only Do Positive aims to promote and educate coaches and parents on their roles in creating a fun, safe and inclusive environment for all players, ensuring they have great experiences throughout their football journey. The day included under-9 and under-11 tournaments, together with workshops around healthy living and online safety. In addition, two parent workshops on winning versus development were also delivered by FA Regional Coach Mentor Officer for London, Kevin Green.
Gunnosaurus was on hand to show his support and pose for pictures during the end of tournament presentations and, in total, 100 young players took part in the event with 60 parents contributing to the workshops. This year's event has been a big success. We have added real value to the day with the introduction of workshops for parents as well as the young players. We were really encouraged by the number of parents who attended and contributed. Ultimately, this will contribute in helping to create a fun and safe environment for the children to enjoy the game. James Warnock, Arsenal in the Community. Congratulations to APB Barnet on winning the Under-9 tournament and Queen's Park Sharks who won the Under-11 tournament. Well done and thank you to everyone who attended what was a fantastic day. Instagram in the Community at Arsenal understrike in understrike the understrike community. Very proud day for our amputee team. Today they represented the club incredibly at the at EAFA understrike amp footy league cup and came away with a trophy. Helder and Tony did us proud following on from their World Cup campaign which was supported by at Arsenal understrike foundation. Twitter in the community at AFC Community. 16 parents from our at PL Communities Football Plus and at Arsenal WFC Player Development Programs started an FA Level 1 course with us today. The group discussed the qualities of a coach and designing appropriate practices. Hashtag Arsenal for everyone. Hashtag We Are The Arsenal. Hashtag We Only Do Positive. This concludes Community. The Visitors Brighton and Hove Albion Brighton have been inching to Premier League safety point by precious point over the past few weeks. Results last weekend helped. Brighton and Hove Albion clamber closer to Premier League safety as Cardiff City's 1-0 defeat at Fulham preceded the Seagulls' all-important come-from-behind 1-1 draw at home to Newcastle. That put Brighton four points clear of their relegation rivals from South Wales with two games to go, which means that if Cardiff lost again at home to Crystal Palace yesterday evening, Brighton are now mathematically safe. Even if Cardiff managed a draw against Palace, the Seagulls' vastly superior goal difference of plus 14 effectively ensures Chris Hewton's side a third successive season among England's elite. If Cardiff managed a victory, however, Brighton still remain in peril, unless they can grab three points of their own here at Emirates Stadium this afternoon. Since staging a remarkable late rally to beat Millwall on penalties in the quarter-final of the FA Cup in mid-March, Brighton have failed to record a victory. In addition to losing their FA Cup semi-final to Manchester City, they have taken just two points from their last eight Premier League encounters, a sorry sequence of form that has seen them slide from a position of relative safety to the murkier depths of the table, raising the fearful spectre of a return to the Championship after just two seasons in the Premier League. The main problem for Brighton has been a shortage of goals. Indeed, following their last Premier League win, 2-1, at local rivals Palace on March the 9th, they went six games without scoring, until Pascal Gross finally found the net against Newcastle last Saturday evening. 
The only point they picked up during that barren run was in a goalless draw at Wolves, a vital result given that their two previous matches had resulted in horrendous home defeats, 5-0 against Bournemouth and 2-0 against relegation rivals Cardiff. Things were certainly a lot rosier earlier in the season for Hewton's men. Having preserved their Premier League status with 40 points last season, not least thanks to a memorable 2-1 home win over Arsenal, there was considerable encouragement when Brighton defeated Manchester United 3-2 in their opening home game of the 2018-19 campaign. Three successive 1-0 wins in October solidified their position, and although 2019 began with a seven-match winless streak in the league, back-to-back wins against Huddersfield and Palace lifted their points total to 33. At the same time, Brighton had the prospect of FA Cup glory to keep spirits high. Having knocked out Bournemouth, 3-1 away, West Brom, 3-1 away after extra time in a replay after a 0-0 draw at home, Derby, 2-1 at home, and then, dramatically, Millwall, they drew the short straw in having to face Manchester City at Wembley in the semi-finals, where an early Gabriel Jesus strike ended the club's best run in the competition since they reached the final in 1983. The visitors. Brighton and Hove Albion. The breakdown. Basics. Formed 1901. Nickname, Seagulls. Stadium, American Express Community Stadium. Owner, Tony Bloom. Chairman, Tony Bloom. Record appearance maker, Ernie Wilson, 566. Record goalscorer, Tommy Cook, 123. You can find Premier League appearances and goals for all of the Brighton players this season on the back page of the hard copy of today's programme. The Twin Towers Number 4, Shane Duffy Born, Derry, Northern Ireland, 1st of January 1992 Previously, Everton, Burnley, Lone, Scunthorpe, Lone, Yeovil, Lone, Blackburn Games, 107. Goals, 7. A Northern Irishman who has chosen to represent the Republic at senior international level, Shane's profile has been raised considerably over the past couple of years. The tall, powerful centre-back has not only commanded a regular place in the Republic's national side, but is now sampling Premier League football again for the first time since the fledgling years of his career at Everton. He joined Brighton from Blackburn Rovers in 2016 for a reported £4 million fee and has missed just four Premier League games over the past two seasons, scoring five goals this term alone. Number 5, Lewis Dunk. Born, Brighton, 21st of November 1991. Previously, Bristol City, Lone. Games, 268. Goals, 16. Brighton-born Lewis came through the club's youth ranks and has been the team's central defensive linchpin for the past five seasons, scaling a first career peak in 2016-17 as he helped the club win promotion, a second by establishing himself as a Premier League mainstay, 
just two games missed in two seasons among the elite, and a third by being called up by England and making his debut last November in a friendly against the United States at Wembley. The big centre-back scored his first Premier League goal in last season's 2-1 home win against Arsenal and has struck two more this season. One for the cameras. Johnny Dixon, who Albion signed for £55,000 in January 2008, is now an acclaimed film director and producer. He made just five Seagulls appearances and had his contract cancelled by mutual consent in January 2009. His credits include Come Dine With Me, Jodie Marsh on Mail Order Brides, Son, Sex and Suspicious Parents, Don't Tell the Bride and The Valleys. The Craftsman, number 13, Pascal Gross, born Mannheim, Germany, 15th of June 1991. Previously, Hoffenheim, Karlsruhe, Ingolstadt. Games, 64. Goals, 10. Two impressive seasons in the German Bundesliga for Minnows Ingolstadt prompted a £3 million transfer to Brighton following their promotion in 2017, with Pascal quickly making club history by becoming the Seagulls' first goalscorer in the Premier League, netting a double in a 3-1 home win against West Bromwich Albion. He appeared in all 38 league games last season, scoring seven goals and winning the club's Player of the Season award by a landslide margin, but has had to endure two lengthy spells on the sidelines this term with ankle and hamstring injuries, during which Albion have missed his craft and cutting edge in the final third. Seagulls, Seagulls Brighton at first adopted the Dolphins as their nickname, using a design of the Shield of Hove and the Dolphin Crest of Brighton, but reportedly in the Boson Public House, just before a derby game against Crystal Palace, Brighton fans responded to Eagles chants from the Palace fans with Seagull chants. Derek Chapman was present that day as club director and changed the nickname to Seagulls. In 1977, the crest was changed to reflect this. What could have been? One of the most famous goals in Brighton's history came against Hereford when they met in 1997. Brighton needed to avoid defeat to avoid relegation to non-league, but their opponents would be the victims of the relegation if Brighton avoided defeat. Hereford took the lead, and at half-time Brighton were down, but a scrappy goal by Robbie Reinelt preserved their 77-year league career and ended Hereford's. Between the posts. Number 1. Matthew Ryan. Born, Plumpton, Australia, 8th of April 1992. Previously, Blacktown City, Central Coast Mariners, Club Brugger, Valencia, Genk, Lone. Games, 72. Goals, 0. Signed on a five-year contract in June 2017, following Brighton's promotion from the Championship, Matthew replaced David Stockdale as the club's first-choice keeper and started every league game last season as Brighton ended their debut Premier League campaign in 15th place. A Belgian Cup winner with Club Brugge in 2015, the same year he helped Australia win the Asian Cup.
he missed a chunk of Albion's season earlier this year because of another Asian Cup appearance and also appeared at last year's World Cup. The Grafter Number 6 Dale Stevens Born, Bolton, 12th of June, 1989 Previously, Bury, Droylston, Lone, Hythe, Lone, Oldham, Rochdale, Lone, Southampton, Lone, Charlton. Games, 187. Goals, 15. Recruited by Brighton from Charlton in January 2014, Dale has developed into a key player for the Seagulls. An outstanding 2015-16 campaign preceding the following season's promotion success that earned him a first taste of Premier League football at the age of 28. He has remained a key figure in Chris Hewton's midfield this term, predominantly acting in a screening role in front of the defence. He broke his Premier League scoring duck in a 2-2 draw at West Ham on January the 2nd. The Sweet Left Foot Number 20. Solly March. Born, Eastbourne, 20th of July, 1994. Previously, Lewis. Games, 161. Goals, 11. A tricky left footer who can operate on either flank, Solly is a local lad come good, who has been at the club since 2012, steadily making his mark season after season, and now established as one of Albion's prime assets. He overcame serious injury to assist in the club's 2016-17 promotion drive and has participated either from the start or the bench in all but one of the club's 74 Premier League fixtures. An FA Cup quarter-final hero against Millwall with his last gasp equalising free kick, he came on as a substitute against Newcastle last weekend, and helped to turn the game and earn Brighton a precious point. The Mercurial Winger Number 11, Anthony Nockett Born, Roubaix, France, 20th of November, 1991 Previously, Gangon, Leicester, Stendhal-Liège Games, 137 Goals, 27 A gifted maverick Anthony was voted Championship Player of the Season in 2016-17. His skill and left-footed wizardry supplemented by 15 vital goals as Brighton won promotion to the Premier League for the first time. That was his first full season with Albion. His arrival in January 2016 having come after just half a season in Belgium with Stendhal Liège. He launched his career in England with Leicester winning the championship title with the club in 2013-14. He recently returned from a three-match ban and has been in and out of the Brighton starting eleven this term, scoring twice. The veteran striker, number 17, Glenn Murray, born Maryport, 25th of September 1983. Previously, Workington, Wilmington, Barrow, Carlisle, Stockport, Lone, Rochdale, Brighton, Crystal Palace, Reading, Lone, Bournemouth. Games, 261. Goals, 106. 
A dependable lower league striker for many years, Glenn had Premier League sojourns with Crystal Palace and Bournemouth before returning to former club Brighton in 2016-17, during which he top-scored with 23 to power the Seagulls to promotion. He has proved that he can still cut it at elite level, top-scoring for the club with a dozen league goals last season and reaching double figures again this term, which has taken him past a century of goals for the South Coast club. The Boss, Chris Hewton, born December the 11th, 1958, games 213. Previously, Tottenham, caretaker 1997 and 98. Newcastle, 2008 to 10. Birmingham, 2011 to 12. Norwich, 2012 to 14. Chris became Brighton manager on New Year's Eve 2014, eight months after his departure from Norwich, where he had served as a Premier League boss for almost two years. It was at Newcastle that Chris broke into full-time management, leading the Magpies to the championship title. Most of his time in football was at Tottenham. Born in nearby Stratford, he started as a youth trainee at Spurs and went on to play senior football for the club on over 300 occasions. A pacey full-back, he also represented the Republic of Ireland 53 times. Head-to-head We've won 12 of our 18 outings against the Seagulls to date, with our first encounter arriving in January 1935, a 2-0 win in the FA Cup. Brighton beat us 2-1 at the Amex Stadium last season, but prior to that, they hadn't defeated us since September 7th, 1982. We've scored 32 goals in our 18 outings against Brighton, keeping 10 clean sheets. Scouting Report Brighton are happy to cede possession as part of their structured playing style. Brighton have spent the past few weeks nervously looking over their shoulder and worrying about the relegation zone, which feels like something of a surprise for a side who spent the majority of the campaign in mid-table and also enjoyed an impressive run to the FA Cup semi-final. Well organised and disciplined without the ball, Brighton's main problem has been a lack of quality at the opposite end. Defensively, Brighton tend to sit very deep, with little attempt to press the ball in the opposition half, a tactic Chris Hewton has used to defeat Arsenal in previous years with Newcastle and Norwich. Only Cardiff, Newcastle and Burnley average less than Brighton's 45% of possession this season. It's not that they concede possession readily, it's that they don't regain it quickly. One thing Brighton generally do excellently, however, is defending the penalty box. Goalkeeper Matt Ryan is a fine shot stopper, while Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk are good in the air and experts at getting in blocks. Only Burnley have blocked more shots this season. They're supported by the full-backs tucking inside. Right-sided Martin Montoya is a solid defender, with his compatriot Bruno an able deputy, and the oldest Premier League outfielder at 38, while Bernardo tends to overlap more, as you'd expect of a Brazilian full-back. Gaetan Bong is a more solid alternative. 
Hewton is traditionally a 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1 man, but has tweaked his shape this season and sometimes deploys more of a 4-5-1 system. Dale Stevens and Davy Proper are dependable central midfielders who keep things simple, although the latter has encountered injury problems recently. Eve Bissouma took a while to become accustomed to the Premier League, but has shown flashes of real quality when dribbling forward through midfield, while Berem Kayal has received opportunities in recent weeks. Pascal Gross was considered one of the signings of 2017-18, but has endured a more difficult campaign this time around because of injury. He's often been tucked into a deeper midfield position, rather than playing as a number 10 although remains a threat with his set-piece delivery. Out wide, Hewton has various options. Solly March is an energetic player, capable of twisting and turning before providing good crosses into the box. Anthony Knockert is a sporadically brilliant player, capable of shooting spectacularly from the right flank, although his indiscipline has been an issue this season while Iranian Ali Reza Jahan Baksh hasn't quite settled in the Premier League, but is hugely dangerous. There's also the option of playing Dutchman Jürgen Lokardia, a converted forward out wide, although he's appeared more regularly from the bench. The same is true of Florin Andoni, who has rotated up front with Glenn Murray recently and has provided three goals. But 35-year-old Murray remains the regular centre-forward, and no teammate has managed even half of his 11 goals. With Brighton likely to play on the counter-attack here, however, Hewton might want more speed. Brighton PL Stats 2018-19 Top Scorers Glenn Murray, 11 Shane Duffy, 5 Florin Andoni, 3 Pascal Gross, 3 Lewis Dunk, 2. Most assists. Anthony Knockert, 6. Solly March, 5. Pascal Gross, 2. Shane Duffy, 1. Lewis Dunk, 1. Most passes. Lewis Dunk, 1,461. Dale Stevens, 1,323. Shane Duffy, 1,265. Davy Proper, 1,213. Matt Ryan, 885. Most tackles. Dale Stevens, 80. Martin Montoya, 58. Bernardo, 57. Eve Basuma, 54. Solly March, 54. Aerial Battles, 1. Shane Duffy, 182. Glenn Murray, 162. Lewis Dunk, 117. Bernardo, 43. Davy Proper, 37. Granite Shaka by Nick Brumsack. Shaka Stats, born Basel, Switzerland, September the 27th, 1992. Joined Arsenal from Borussia Mönchengladbach on May the 25th, 2016. Previous clubs, Basel, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool, home, Premier League, August the 14th, 2016, 
lost 4-3. First Arsenal goal versus Hull City away. Premier League, September the 17th, 2016, 1-4-1. Arsenal honours, FA Cup winner 2017, Community Shield winner 2017. Switzerland caps, 70, 11 goals. This afternoon's fixture may be our final home game of the campaign, but for Granit Xhaka, we'll only really be able to judge how successful our season has been at the end of May. One month ago, it looked as though we'd reach our target of returning to the Champions League by finishing in the top four of the Premier League. But four defeats in five league matches mean we go into our final two domestic games of this term needing the teams around us to drop points or, alternatively, to win the Europa League if we are to make that aim a reality. For Schalke, our recent run has been particularly frustrating given the positive signs we've shown throughout the season, both on an individual and collective basis. However, with so much still to play for on both league and European fronts, the midfielder is intent on us putting our April form behind us and on finishing as strongly as we can to make sure we can look back fondly at Unai Emery's first season in charge. Firstly, Granite, how would you sum up your season from an individual point of view? I think this has been my best season here, where I've experienced plenty of positives and a few negatives, which of course belongs to being a footballer. I've had to really work hard to get to the place I am now. On top of that, the coach and the coaching staff have given me confidence too. Of course, every defeat is a low and every win is a high. You mentioned positives and we've been particularly strong at home again this season. I think we've been a real force at home for years now and, in general, this season we've been really good at Emirates Stadium. We've only lost against Manchester City and Crystal Palace in the league and while that latter result was especially disappointing, we've basically won the rest of our league matches at home except the Liverpool game which we drew. We're a force at home and I now just really hope that we can replicate that away next season. Of course, you captained the team on a number of occasions too. What a massive highlight for me. I have to say, I never thought I'd get to captain the team so early on. But I think it's a real show of trust in me from the club and from my teammates too, and that's something I am very proud of. What was it like to wear the armband in a North London derby at Emirates Stadium? That's been the biggest highlight for sure. To captain the team in a North London derby and end up on the winning side, that was just an amazing feeling. It was such a dramatic game too, and I think that made the experience even more memorable. We had to come back from 2-1 down at half-time, and to win in the way we did with such a strong second-half performance, it was a special day. You just don't forget moments like that. I remember that we started really well in that game, but then they had two chances and took both of them. So, going in at half-time, we knew we just had to stay calm and focused. That's not always easy, especially in a derby, but we made sure our reaction after the break was exactly what was needed. In general, how has your game changed this season? 
It's been a tough path. I've had to put in lots and lots of work. Football is about more than just turning up for training and playing in matches. The process starts much earlier. I've changed some aspects of my life to make sure I'm as successful as I can be on the pitch, and I'm proud of that. What's it been like playing under Unai Emery? Arsene Wenger was here for 22 years, and under Unai, some things have changed. He has his own mentality and shows lots of emotion. You see, he lives for football. He's the same in training as he is in matches, working with lots of emotion, and he transmits that to us too. We try to go to our limits. We do lots of analysis before and after games as well. Maybe training is more intensive, and perhaps the team is fitter than has been the case in recent years. I think the players have improved in areas in the first nine months, and I'm convinced we have a big future. On the subject of video analysis, how has watching your games back helped you to improve? It's really important for me. It gives you the chance to assess the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition and of individual opponents too. So I'll study how particular midfielders play, what they are likely to do. When you lose a game, it's very important to make sure you properly analyse what's gone wrong. It's not just about looking back at the good things. You need to assess what's gone wrong. This is our last home game of the season, and it could be a crucial one in the race for the top four. How would you assess our chances of getting back into the Champions League? Well, the truth is, it's not in our hands. We need a favour from other teams. I don't think we need to speak much about the importance of Champions League football. It's the biggest club competition, and one that everyone wants to play in. We've missed it in the last two years. Now we're in the semi-final of the Europa League again, and our aim is to reach the Champions League however we can. We feel like we belong there. And finally, what would it mean for you to finish the season with a trophy? I've reached a final in each of my two seasons here so far, and of course I really want us to get back to the Europa League final this season. Looking back, I think we were very unlucky to lose against Atletico Madrid last season. Now we have another chance to reach the final. Spanish teams are always very difficult to go up against, and Valencia play differently to the other teams we've faced so far this season. But when you're one round away from the final, you're just desperate to get there. That's a big aim for us. Match action. Thursday, May the 2nd, 2019, 20 hundred hours, Emirates Stadium, Europa League, semi-final first leg, attendance 58,969. Arsenal 3, Valencia 1. Ref, Clement Turpin. Scorers, Arsenal, Lacazette, 18, 25, Aubameyang, 90. Valencia, Diacabi, 11. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 15, Valencia 10. Shots on target. Arsenal 6, Valencia 3. Corners. Arsenal 6, Valencia 4. Offsides. Arsenal 0, Valencia 1. Fouls. Arsenal 17, Valencia 10. Possession. 
Arsenal 58%, Valencia 42%. Arsenal team. Number 1, Czech. Number 15, Maitland-Niles. Number 6, Koscielny. Substitute, 82nd minute. Number 5, Socrates. Number 31, Kalasinak. Number 20, Mustafi. Number 29, Gwendouzi. Substitute, 58th minute. Number 34, Zaka. Number 9, Lacazette. Number 14, Aubameyang. Number 10, Ozil. Substitute, 75th minute. Substitutes. Number 19, Leno. Number 4, Elneny. Number 17, Iwobi. Number 18, Monreal, 82nd minute. Number 7, Mkhitaryan, 75th minute. Number 49, Nicotea. Number 11, Torriera, 58th minute. Valencia, number 13, Neto. Number 21, Piccini. Number 5, Gabriel. Number 24, Garay. Number 4, Roncaglia. Number 14, Gaia. Number 8, Sola. Substitute, 71st minute. Number 12, Diacabi. Yellow card. Number 10, Parejo. Yellow card. Number 19, Rodrigo. Substitute, 88th minute. Number 7, Guedes. Substitute, 71st minute. Substitutes. Number 1, Domenech. Number 9, Gamiero, 71. Number 15, Grueso. Number 18, Vaz, 71st. Number 20, Torres. Number 22, Lorenzo, 88. Number 23, Sabrino. First half. Going into the game on the back of three straight defeats, we looked nervous in the opening exchanges, and it was little surprise when the Spanish visitors took the lead. They had already missed a golden opportunity when Ezequiel Garay skied his shot from virtually underneath the crossbar. We were punished soon afterwards, though. Mukhtar Diakabi headed home from close range. The Gunners rallied, though, and were back on terms with a lovely goal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang broke into the box at speed, then cut the ball back for strike partner Alexandre Lacazette to stroke home. The French striker soon had his second. Granit Xhaka sent a fantastic cross, and Lacazette's header was too hot for Brazilian keeper Neto to handle. Second half. We started the second half hunting more goals, hoping to head to Spain next Thursday with a more comfortable advantage. Lacazette, though, missed two great chances to complete his hat-trick. First, he failed to make a good connection with the header when the goal was gaping, then he shot straight at Neto after beating the offside trap. At the other end, we were indebted to Petacek, probably playing his last game at Emirates Stadium, for a big save to deny sub Kevin Gamiero. Just as it looked as though we would have to settle for a 2-1 win, Aubameyang popped up at the far post to volley home Sead Kalasinak's inviting deep cross. 460. We conceded at home in the Europa League for the first time in 460 playing minutes. 2. Alexandra Lacazette became the third player to score twice in a European semi-final for us after Charlie George in 1970 and Steve Bold in 1995. 30. 
Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been directly involved in 30 goals in his 28 starts at the Emirates in all competitions. 23 goals, 7 assists. This concludes match action. My Arsenal. We hear about your heroes, hangouts and heart-stopping moments. Email program at arsenal.co.uk for your My Arsenal questionnaire. This issue we hear from retired Bob Davis, aged 65 from Woburn. Why are you an Arsenal fan? My dad and my granddad were fans. I was born in Highgate and Arsenal has always been in our blood. Started in the schoolboys enclosure, then North Bank Lower. Then had a box at Highbury and Emirates before I sold my business. Technical Associates Group. We also sponsored many games. First game. May 14th, 1963. Arsenal 3, Fulham 0. Joe Baker hat-trick. Favourite game. May 3rd, 1971. Tottenham 0, Arsenal 1. And April 28th, 1970. Arsenal 3, Anderlecht 0. Match day routine before kickoff. Eat a club level or El Mono on the Holloway Road. Favourite place to hang out before a game. Club level bars and restaurants. Where's the best place in the stadium to watch the game from? My seat is front row near the halfway line and I love it. Do you go straight home after the match? Always straight home as I drive maybe a drink nearer to home. Where's the furthest you've travelled to watch Arsenal play? I have been to most European games over the last 20 years, so I guess it's probably Kiev or Moscow. Favourite away ground and why? Fulham. Friendly. Old school, decent pubs, and we usually win. Do you collect Arsenal memorabilia? Yes, I have an antique cannon outside my house, loads of signed shirts and photos taken with many of my heroes. Favourite piece of Arsenal memorabilia? A photo of me wearing Lee and Dixon's championship medal with Lee and my brother, minutes after he won the league at Highbury. Do you collect Arsenal programmes? If so, how far back do they go? I had thousands, dating back in the 60s, until I moved house and downsized, but I still have the 1971 double-winning programmes from White Hart Lane and Wembley, signed by Frank McLintock and Charlie George. What do you wear to games? A vintage shirt, usually. I wore a home shirt with number one Wenger on the back for 12 years, now mothballed. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? The 1971 yellow away kit. All-time favourite player, and why? Thierry Henry. Why, are you kidding me? Do you have an Arsenal cult hero, and why? Charlie George. Loved Arsenal when he played for us, and still does to this day. Best debut performance you've seen. Ian Wright against Lister. Best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live. Liam Brady in the 5-0 win at White Hart Lane. Thierry against Tottenham and Liverpool. Too many to be sure. Themes for Arsenal had coach Unai Emery. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 1. Petra Cech, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 4. Mohamed Elneny. 
5. Socrates Popastathopoulos. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 7. Henrik Mikatarian. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Monsieur Terzel. 11. Lukas Torreira. 12. Stephen Lichsteiner. 14. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alexei Wobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 22. Denis Suarez. 23. Danny Welbeck. 25. Carl Jenkinson. 27. Konstantinos Mavrapanos. 29. Matur Ganduzi. 31. Seat Kolasinac. 34. Granit Xhaka. 43. Charlie Gilmore. 47. Zach Medley. 49. Eddie Anquitia. 53. Julio Pleguezuelo. 59. Joe Willock. 87. Bukeo Saka. For Brighton and Hove Albion, manager Chris Hewton. Green shirts, white shorts, black socks. 1. Matthew Ryan, goalkeeper. 2. Bruno. 3. Guyton Bong. 4. Shane Duffy. 5. Lewis Dunk. 6. Dale Stevens. 7. Baram Kyle. 8. Evers Bissouma. 9. Jürgen Glockardia. 10. Florin Andoni. 11. Anthony Knockhart. 13. Pascal Gross. 14. Leon Balligan. 16. Alireza Yaham Baksh. 17. Glenn Murray. 19. Jose Izquierdo. 20. Solly March. 22. Martin Montoya. 23. Jason Steele, goalkeeper. 24. David Proper. 27. David Button, goalkeeper. 30. Bernardo. 33. Dan Byrne. Officials. Referee Anthony Taylor. Assistant referees. Gary Besick, Adam Nunn. Fourth official. Graham Scott. Today's other fixtures. Chelsea versus Watford at 2pm. Huddersfield versus Manchester United at 2pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. And that brings us to the end of this audio communication from Arsenal Football Club. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.